Okay, it's time to press start. Welcome to the second episode of our podcast. That was a little introduction I riffed up there. What do you think yeah. of it? It was good. I you, you smirked at me. Yeah, because I, I wasn't expecting it. Ah, there you go. I uh, think that was a better version of the start than the last time we did it. Good. Well what? done. Well, where did that come from? Press start. So you do it start games, isn't it? Ah. <sighs> Think about it. I should have thought about it. Okay, so now you've all pressed start. I'm Chris, and this is... Uh, I'm Ashley. And we're... Listen to this man! <laughs> I'm on it. Yeah! So this is the second episode. Ashley has today brought a game in for me to try. It might be a game I've played before. It might not Into be. Into my front room. Into your front I've room. I've brought a game in to my front room for him to try. Yeah. Are you asking me what it is? Rhetorically, I was, yes. So okay. what game have you brought for me to try? Uh, I have brought a game for the Mega Drive. Genesis. Yep. Otherwise known as. Also known as. The artist formerly known as. <laughs> something. Genesis, the artist formerly known as Mega Drive. <laughs> it was concurrent, wasn't it? It was. It, it's also known as, isn't it? It's AKA. So Genesis, uh, the, the artist concurrently also known, known as, as. In other countries. Brilliant. Depending on where you are. Yeah. Uh, it's for the Mega Drive, this game. Uh, it's a game that I didn't own. What was it called in Japan? Mega Drive. No. I think it was. Why would they just call it different? Well, why, oh, exactly, there's a question. Why did they call Bible it Bell. different? Bible Belt. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. Oh, I really hope that's not true. Ah, I wish I'd looked that up. But now you've said that, that does sound quite plausible. I, I think it might be. Oh, Okay. I think that it chimes with the religious American audience. Wow. I hope I'm not offending anybody. They have something like how... If it, anybody knows, please do write in. How Genesis you know, came first, because remember when the Xbox 360 and PS2, the reason they called it Xbox 360 was, was yeah. numerically it sounds better than the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Which is utterly bizarre. But, but Mega also Drive true. is that... The, the nomenclature of the time, the Mega Drive, is called the Mega Drive because they thought that Mega was better than Super. Is Mega better than Super? Mega, well, Man, Mega Man, Superman? Superman is definitely better, yeah. unless it's Superman 64. Yeah, in which case it definitely is not better. Exactly. I'm sure there are other examples with Mega and Super. There aren't any. Mega Drive, Superman. <laughs> <laughs> the two no. things that are completely comparable. Me- Mega Drive and Super Nintendo. Of course. That was the point! Did you oh, not realise I that? didn't tweet that's what Oh, right, thinking. okay, yeah. So, it was the Super Nintendo and the Mega Drive, because they figured that Not Mega the Mega Drive and Superman. Superman. Not the Mega Drive and Superman. <laughs> no. There's a battle. I feel them. like we've uh, we've gone way off. <laughs> so anyway. Let's, let's try and bring it back. So, it's for the Mega Drive. Brilliant, yep. Um, and and it's is. a game I didn't own. I really hope it's a platformer. I'm building. Because I love platformers. Do you? I do. It's almost like you are psychic. Really? Because it is a platformer. Get in. And it is called... Yep. Green Dog. Sounds rubbish. It might well be. Right. Tell me about Green Dog. What is it? It's, I can't remember what it's sub-name. What do you call them? Subtitle? Is it subtitle? Subheading? You know what I mean, though, don't yeah. you? You know, like Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Toe General 2, Panic on Funkatron. Panic from last week for a good callback. Well done. You say Pancake on Funkatron. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Mm. Uh, 
It's got a sub. It's got a subtitle. Let's just okay. call it that. And I can't remember what it is, but we'll see. It you when did it comes use the word the nomenclature earlier, which I must commend you on. So did I? You did. So it's, it's the sub nomenclature. I don't think that works. No, I don't think that's the right. I don't. I think that's wrong. But this might get the caught. second <laughs> title. This is not this the is, second this is part of the title. Yeah. Yep. So it's Green Dog something. It, it, basically, Green Dog is a surfer guy. Okay. And as I did mention earlier, I think twice now, uh, I didn't own this game. It's it's quite a curious game. And I, the reason that's important is because we're supposed to come into this situation, aren't we, into the podcast in a somewhat blind way, aren't Indeed, we? Indeed, yes. We're not supposed to play the game necessarily before we do. But because I didn't own the game, I have actually familiarised myself with the game again. That's okay, because you're not going to be playing it, it's going to be me playing that's it. That's true. In doing so, though, I have found out a lot of stuff that I didn't know about it that is all quite... I think it's quite interesting. I'm hoping that you find it quite interesting. And I'm wow. hoping that the... Uh, Debatable. The, the listeners, the people that listen to this, the find it interesting. Do you think that's who it is? Stuff? I think we're going for the Ute. Well, we've, we've now got the second game running where we've got a kind of slacker dude in. So we're getting some sort of trend yeah. here. Yeah, I don't think that's going to carry on. Is that just a coincidence? Maybe though? I'll just... I'll, maybe I'll put Tony Hawks in next week. And, oh, uh, please don't. <laughs> we'll see. So is it a we'll genuine see. coincidence that we've got two games? That is a genuine coincidence. Right. I didn't. I didn't have any clue that you were bringing Tojam now to. But at the same time, how much of a coincidence can it be when we've established that that is the that was the raison d'être of the nineties? That's a fair point. That is what everyone aspired to be. Yeah. You know. So. So maybe it's not a coincidence. Maybe it's just part of being in that period. It's so, an interesting game. Yep. For a lot of reasons. I, I don't know if you remember, but me and Chris worked together. And when we worked together, we also worked with another person who was a bit of a retro games encyclopedia. And I had forgotten what this game was called for obvious reasons. It wasn't a game I owned. And I described the game to this person. And within about three sentences, they told me what it was. And you had that sort of, that sort of blinded by the lights, didn't you? Like, oh, I did, I yeah. This. And I, I went on the internet. Right, and I searched on the on the Google, yeah, on the Google, uh, for pictures of this game, right, of Green Dog. I've told you what it is, so I can yeah, call, okay, it, I can can, call it its name. You can circumvent I searched it. for Green Dog, and I found some green dogs, but I also found <laughs> some green dogs. <laughs> yeah, I had to refine my search. Well, like, is it been painted green? Various different. You should do it. Like a, have a look, like a clip art or something like that. Yeah, that too. All right, so now, like clip at the big red dog. Ah, but, but, but green. green dog. Yeah, like right. Hulk's dog. Right, so not an actual dog painted green, so that'd be really quite fun. There were probably some of those, I bet they exist. Mm, People do some strange things to dogs. Like a sloth, it's the only green mammal. How about that? Mm, it's not really green though, is it? It's fungus, isn't it? Algae or like something, isn't it? We might be wrong. No, we're no, definitely, that's definitely we're definitely off That's topic. definitely a fact. Yeah, it's not, is it definitely lichen then? It's definitely something. We should not dwell on this. <laughs> but green mammal. It's a green mammal. Yeah. Um, where were we? Green dog. Green dog. Yeah, so it, it was a bit of a revelation because I, I had these vague memories of it, but I didn't know how to track it down. And then this person that you, I presume you know who I'm talking yes, about. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, they they knew what it was. Uh, and I found it again and I played it subsequently. Um, and I've played it recently and I'm quite pleasantly surprised by it. Okay. How it holds up. So sway my opinion there. 
Yeah. Sorry about that. But actually, that kind of works in your favour because I'm now going to go in it wanting to hate it because of how much you like it because that's the kind of really? guy I am. Yep. Mm, yeah. Bit of an old heart. Uh, <laughs> PG rating. Oh yeah, sorry. So is this Bomb a game? Head. Is this a game you had? Uh, no, no, no. I I think I said that to you three times now. I didn't own this game. Oh yeah, you have. I and that's part of the reason that I forgot about it. I forgot what it was called. It was it was owned. I don't know why I'm about to name this person, but I am. It was owned by, sure. by get a, the lawyer on the phone first. A friend of mine who lived in the same street as me right. at the bottom. Yeah. Maybe Called. she could give her initials. No. Or did that be in The Simpsons? Do you remember when Skinner says Natano? This is for someone called Lisa S. Oh, no, no, it's too specific. This is for L. Simpson. And then everyone looks at Lisa. That bit always made me laugh. Do that. I'm just going to name him. His name was... Right. Don't know. Well, he owned the game. He also was, the, I think, probably the first person I know that owned a Mega Drive. Um, Check in, I hope. Yeah. Well, maybe I just didn't know that many people. And I that's was established you have the snares which you said in the yeah, previous but not this podcast that this was only for nerds. No, I didn't say it was only for nerds. I said I went that to school with the Mega Drive was for cooler people. Well, I went to school with someone You who, are the exception. No, no, no. He went who had a Mega Drive upstairs and the Mega Drive downstairs. That's that's too much money. Yeah, that's what I remember thinking when he told me that I was about nine years old thinking, nah, that's too much. Yeah, that's too much money. Yeah. Even now it seems odd. I know people now. Who would show off about that? What about having two Mega Drives? Yeah. Well, Mega there's... Drive upstairs, Mega Drive downstairs. What? They'd have Mega Drive or, or PS4? Okay. E- either or, they would still show off about it. And it's, right. it's gaudy. Tricky with PS4, wouldn't it? Because your saves wouldn't carry over. Yeah, they would. Would they? Cloud. Yeah, you could use a cloud. Uh... But we don't need to talk about that again. Anyway, he was an interesting person. I did genuinely like him. I... He's a person that I remember very fondly. Oh, so nice. His brothers were horrible. Oh. Yeah, he had two older brothers, and they weren't very nice people that I remember, but I was also just a five-year-old boy who was a little bit scared of bigger people. So you were playing these games when you were five? Huh? You were playing these games yeah. when you were five? Yeah. I don't really remember. Is that young for you? Yeah, I think when I was five. I don't so, think I was really playing... The games I was playing were kind of those more edutainment sort of ones. When do you go to nursery? Is That's it four? like three, four. You start right. school when you're four, don't you? So... I went to nursery. In this country. Yeah, in this country. The UK. Well, yeah, England. Let's just clarify that yeah. country. If you can't tell from my voices. Lincolnshire. Yeah. If you needed that specificity. When I was at nursery, yep. so four years old, um, we had a, a BBC Micro. Excellent. And we only had one for the school, so it was on a rotational basis <laughs> that we got it. So we got it, I don't know what day, but when it came wheeling into the nursery, we had two nursery teachers. And they would call me to the BBC Micro to sell. Really? Yeah. At the age of four? Yeah. Could they not do I didn't own one at home. I don't know how I knew how to do it. And I don't know why they didn't learn how no, to do it. No, I was going to say. Was it a case of plugging it in and turning the power on? No. What just to do that? I had to put all the wires in the back. And they couldn't do they it. They were colour coordinated. I'm sure they were colour coordinated. Maybe, that, maybe it was like a, a learning task. Possibly. Colours into the... Probably not, though. Probably no, because I knew my colours. Good. Well, I'm not... I'm just... I'm, I'm, Perplexed as to why. As to why, yeah, but it's something that my mum used to show off about. (laughs) Well, the nursery making you work for them instead of doing. Well, I think they were just flabbergasted at the idea of a computer anyway. Right. And they were also doubly gobsmacked that I understood how the wires went in it. So it's a kind of a 
let him do it because we can't be bothered, basically. Yes. They don't want to learn. They were scared of it. They were old right. ladies. Right, okay. And they were scared of the technology, technology. Yeah. as they are now. Yes. And they want they prefer to allow a four year old to do it than to learn. It's quite sad really, isn't it? It is, but also it puts into context the fact that I was going around to my friend's house to play computer games at five. So I didn't have two older brothers and they were scary. He also had a Scottish dad. And he was quite scary. <laughs> a Scottish dad. Yeah. Why does the nationality bear some Because because as a five year old boy, his voice was a bark. <laughs> a bark. His voice was a bark, and it was made doubly scary because <laughs> I don't know if this is racist. I was just thinking that the his, his accent made it very difficult for me to understand him. So, does that apply to all Scottish people in your life? Or? I, I don't. No, no, it genuinely doesn't. The point is, I was scared of the Scottish man. <laughs> right, right. It was scary. But also, they were the only people that I knew that had a Mega Drive, and therefore he was worth... So he had to bite through the fear and... It, genuinely, yeah. yeah. They also were the only people that I knew that had Sky. Wow, they sound like quite the flush lot, the <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think they were. Because right. they lived in a council house down my street. And well, that's not cast aspersions on the financial... Well, I lived in a council house down my street as well. But that's not, you know, it's not a neg on them from, what, 30 years ago? None of us did. were particularly moneyed, is what I'm saying. Right. None of us in that street. It was. It was. But they had Sky, so they did have Sky, yeah. But maybe they prioritised what they wanted and what they didn't. Maybe they did. So whereas we went, you know, like out on picnics, maybe they (laughs) maybe they didn't have any picnics. I think this is as you've named that person. This is quite a. I have have a night, but I don't think he'll listen. Well. Yeah. He used to suck his thumb. That was another thing that I learned about. Well, thumb sucker. But he was a really nice person. So let's get back onto the positive stuff. No, I mean about... He was older than me. He was about eight. So mine was about six, probably. I need to go go to sleep. I'm glad you've admitted that to people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not coming out. That's staying. Yeah, that's fine. Sucking it to go to sleep. Okay. Is Uh, it? Anyway, I, I, I feel like I'm doing too much build. Yeah. It is important though because so he went to his house with his Sky TV and his Scottish dad and played Green Dog. Yes, but it was important to contextualise that because the whole scenario was that sometimes we were allowed to play inside and sometimes we weren't. So and when we when we went to his door, it was always a toss up as to which dad we were going to get. You know, we well, were either going to get. <laughs> <laughs> we were either going to. Scottish title. Oh come on! You know, you know that wasn't the the case. Um, we were either going to get a dad who said yes or a dad who said no, and the dad who said no was quite a scary man, right? Um, and he would chase us out of the garden. <laughs> chase never, you. never mind, just tell us to go out. What's we weren't allowed in, and it was a bit trepidatious. Like right? I would stand on the on the porch and wait for Jason <laughs> to pop in and check with his dad, and then he'd come back out and it'd either be a yes or a no. But it was scary, it was scary. It's not a plus anything in life, it's either a yes or a no. On the good days, sometimes it's a maybe. <laughs> sometimes it's a maybe. Sometimes it's a maybe. Uh, what, what was the reason for him saying no? You tell me. I, I don't know, I'm asking for I didn't know him. I don't know either. Sometimes we got told to go out and not come back till tea time. Too busy doing things else. <laughs> That's a fair point, you might have been. I don't know, I genuinely don't know and I'd rather not think about it. 
the point is, sometimes we could go in and sometimes we could play on the main drive. And he had an, a selection of games. And the one that we're talking about today is Green Dog. And Green Dog actually is quite a strange entity. What's up? I'm just giggling <laughs> about his dad. Green Dog's quite a strange entity in the gaming sense. Not not because it does anything particularly innovative or interesting. Um because it's a fairly generic platformer with a few little quirks, which we'll talk about in a minute. But it does was... Green Dog, just to interject, does he look like a tall lemming? I'll let you decide when we play. I... I've just had, as you were talking about, yeah, lanky. I remember having a comic, I, I can't remember how I acquired it, in the sort of mid-90s that had, I told you I'm on the front cover, as we talked about them in a previous podcast, mm. and it was a load of comics that were all about different save characters and it was clearly just a, an advert but I can remember a comic Was he comic? Green was it called Sega Visions? I don't I can remember the front cover had a picture of them and it was like a green almost like a Warner Brothers sort of like a concentric ring pattern or something but right. I, I vaguely remember the Green Dog comic I don't know but I wouldn't be surprised because some of the stuff that I found out in I told you I've broken all the rules research, for yeah. today because I've actually researched it because I didn't know anything about it really I just knew the game to play at and so I thought it was important to know a little bit more about it. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that now. It was released in 1993. Right. But it's actual... I didn't know this until earlier today, actually. It was released in 1993, but it actually is based on a previous character, on a character that pre-existed it. So uh, the character was called Green Dog. Right. Um, and he was created by a man called Rick Green, who was a surfer. Do you see the link? Rick Green, Green Dog. So he named it after himself. He named it after himself. Green Dog was his... Okay, must be a legend. Green Dog was his actual nickname in real life. So he made up this character, Green Dog, for a board game. Really? Yeah, a board game. And I think, I can't remember when wow. it was released. I think it was like the late 80s. Okay. Um, and it was, it, he described it. I mean, he, he seems like a bit, I don't want to Careful. disparage the man. Yeah, yeah exactly. He seems, uh, no, I wasn't going to tell you that. Okay. He described it as Surfer's Monopoly. I, I love the some... idea of a surfer, you know, just kind of like laid back, chilled kind of person thinking, you know what I really want to do? I want to play a board game. I can't imagine that really kind of going down to... No. No, not at all. And I checked as well. Actually, that's a picture of him. This is him. He looks a bit leery to me. But, uh, but he looks leery. <laughs> no, would, I don't would you think... like someone say that about you? If I look like that? <laughs> would you applaud someone saying that? To uh, I don't know. Uh, I, so I found all sorts of things about the game. The board game. Including this, this is the board. Can you see that? So, for the benefit of the listeners who oh, can't course, see yeah. the image, uh, the board game looks like a load of sort of generic postcards of surfers with some circles that have got some text on that's far too small to read. Yeah, it's, you can't read that. But the, the important thing is... Is it surfy? It's surfy. And yeah. this is him on the board, yeah. on the surfboard. It's called uh, Surf Trip the Board Game, just in case you wanted to go of and... Of course, yes. Surf Trip the Board Game. Have I should have said that. So it's a board game. Surf Trip the Board Game. Uh, this was the first time that Green Dog became a character other than the fact, other than Rick Green himself. Right. And I didn't know it existed. I thought it was really interesting. It, it's a, it's an unusual genesis for a character, isn't it? It to is. To go from board game to video game. It gets weirder. I, I wonder if anyone else can name a character that's gone from board game to video game character. And I mean, Star of a video game. I don't just want Uncle Moneybags from Monopoly. No. I would genuinely be interested in the yeah. answer to that. If anybody does know anything, I would love to hear. Because it's, it is such a strange 
way for something to come about. But and also the fact that I mean, was there a Green Dog too? No. So this was the apex of the character. Yes. Didn't so really go any further. The reason that all this happened, the reason that it went from board game to video game, is because a company I think they were called Applause Incorporated. They picked it up, the game and the character, and they started to franchise him. They started oh. to put him on T-shirts and apparently beach towels. Is he the guy who's on? Like, was the T-shirt a very famous design? I doubt it. I very much doubt it. His if we girlfriend. Find, if we find an image of it, I think I might know what sort of image you mean. You will see the image. That's a, that was a really bad sentence. If you find the image, I think <laughs> I will know the image. I mean, I could search for it, but I, I don't. I, I'm not. So he was a he was a he was a character in a board game. He was they were picked up by a company called Applause Inc who were famous at the time for a musical group. They were sort of the gorillas of their time, right. called the California Raisins. Oh! Have you heard of the California Raisins? There was a TV show of them. Was there? They I'm were in sure adverts. I know that was. They were like these little, I think they were claymation raisins, and they sang... They sang songs. Yeah. As opposed to... Not they sang songs. I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Of course. Yeah. Um, and various other things. And all like the that. other grape-related songs. <laughs> well, uh, I, think, I think they did broaden out, actually. Um, but they... They I'm sure there's a, there'd be a song if you think of one with reason in the title, you'd probably get for Raisin instead. I can't yeah, think of any off the top of my head, though. Applause took them on. I think they wanted to do the same thing that they'd done with these California Raisins, which were apparently everywhere at the end of the 80s. So did Applause Inc. just go for that kind of, like... Because, again, California Raisins were sort of that surfer type, weren't they? Were no, they weren't. They're not, not at all. They were In like, my head, they are. They were like R&B soul type. That's really not surfery. No, it's... <laughs> It's the opposite, I nearly said wow. it. Is it the opposite? Is it the opposite? No, I don't know if it's the opposite, but... It's different. Not close. It's different. I can't imagine Ray Charles on a surfboard. You know, it was that sort of... That would be good approach. Though. I've probably got that completely right around my head. So, Applause Inc. got the character. They took the character on, and they tried to franchise him out. Even to the point where, apparently, you know ABC? Yes. They were going to have a sitcom. His girlfriend was writing a sitcom for ABC based around the character. Rick Green's... Girlfriend's IRL. Yes. Wow. In real life. For anybody that's listening. Uh, Come on, if it's Ute <laughs> listening, they know that acronym. Yeah, fair enough. If it's if it's them listening. So it all came out from that. Part of Applause Inc.'s approach was to try and make a video game out of it. And this is interesting as well, I think. I think it is. He was in contention to be the face of Mega Drive. Really? Green Dog was in contention to be the face of Mega Drive. To be so, the, the character instead of Sonic to yes. launch it. Yeah, so wow. Sonic came out in 1991. Right. Uh, Sonic. Or was it 92? Well, Sonic 1. Yeah. 91. No, I think it was 92. No, 92 was Sonic 2. Was it? Yeah. Okay, we'll have to check that. But it was because the level stat cheat was November the whatever it was, 1992. Okay. I, I trust you. I yeah. trust you. So Sonic came out in 1991. This came out in 1993. No, 92, I think. So it kind of missed the boat. It missed the boat. Of, right. Because Sonic had already sort of taken the mantle. Yeah. But it was being developed at the same sort of time. And there was a bit of a, a rush, not between him and Sonic. I think, in the end, frankly, Sonic would always have won that race. Well, if it's a, a race, then Sonic would definitely well, win that. Yeah, a metaphorical race, then. Oh, I'm neutral. Uh, yeah, sorry. I should have been clearer. Uh, but he was in contention. I don't, I don't know how seriously in contention, but that is the... The idea. You know? So he had a sitcom. He had a book. No, he game. didn't have a sitcom. The sitcom never came. It all, to all went. Oh, yeah, it all went belly up. If you search Rick Green now, so why was that? What do you mean? Why was that? Why did it all go wrong? That's a good question. Yeah, that's why I asked it. Possi- possibly, possibly because the character in the end isn't that good. Is he quite? That's gen- probably why. Generic and. I actually think that he's got a bit of character. Right. Um, but it's hard to say because it's a platformer without any. And in terms of story. character, think about things like Kirby, for example. It's a pink. Yeah, he's a little blob. 
plot. And he's done pretty well for himself. He has, yeah. yeah. And actually, Mario the Plumber should never have really taken off in the way he did. Yeah. I was thinking the other day, playing through Odyssey, in the Sun Kingdom, in the bit where you go underground and there's all, there's you're sort of jumping from pillar to pillar. It's quite athletic, really, isn't he? Yeah. For a little... Yeah, I don't hold that against plumber. him. I, I'm the same. What, jumping from pillar to pillar in the uh, underground of Sun Kingdom? A somewhat rotund fellow, <laughs> right. slightly squat. Right. Uh, who is nevertheless, you know, fairly spry. Well, fair Reasonably. Fine. I can't do triple jumps like he can. Maybe that could be a, a subscriber video. And I've heard that he is going to the Olympics. I've heard that. Um, he's been to the Olympics quite a few and times. And has been, been actually, and represented. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I'll Playing a, a blue hedgehog. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. And I don't think, actually... Can you imagine, can you imagine if everything had gone a little bit differently and... It was Mario and Green Dog at the Tokyo Olympics. It would be more <laughs> crowns in reality. Why? Have you seen oh. the man's legs? You haven't yet. No. No. But Mario and Sonic and Luigi and it's it's all well, I suppose I haven't said that, I suppose you've got Bowser in there, haven't you? It's it's not something really. This is true. This is true. Uh, I've just realised that actually Green Dog's weapon is a frisbee. Right. So actually that might tie in with the, the sporting thing because he could like do extreme frisbee. So he could do it. some throws. He could do thro- throwing. Yeah. Is it right. discus? Yeah. He could do the discus. Yeah, it's the same motion, isn't it? Discus and frisbee. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think so as I think well. So. This shows uh, so how athletic we are, doesn't it? That we're not actually sure. I'm 99% sure it's the same. I think it's not. I was playing along. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm ever so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. So uh, Rick Green has got one credit on Moby Games and it's for this game. Right. As creator. He also has one credit on Board Game Geek and it is for Surf Trip. So what um, happens to this man? It's a good question. I can't find out. Wow. It is a good question. Rick Green, if you are listening or know of Rick Green's... I'm sorry for calling you a little bit leery. That's the first thing that we should say. Yeah, that's for that caveat there. But actually, do you want to know what happened to Green Dog? I was going to say, let us know, but actually... I'd love to know. I genuinely would love to know why it didn't go any further. Especially when you consider what I've just pulled up on the screen to read to everybody. So this is from a magazine called Sega Visions. Do you know Sega Visions? Which may or may not have been the magazine I talked about earlier. It might have been. basically an advertorial for for Sega. It is, yes. So do you know Nintendo Power? Yes. Nintendo Power. Power came on the scene and was like, everybody loved it. Sega, obviously being Sega, the bandwagon, wanted what Nintendo had, of course. And so they put out Sega Visions, which is this. So this is a Green Dog's, they call it a review, but I'm going to yeah. read it to you in its entirety. It's not very long, so bear with me, okay? The background graphics are digitised, cartoonish and hip. You start with four lives and can find more hidden along the way. Power-ups include enough beach-type food to feed an army, some pretty strange protection devices, and extra flying discs so Green Dog can toss two or three at a time. What's something like beach-type food? I know there's a lot of stuff to pick up there, but beach-type <laughs> food specifically? Yeah, I don't know. Hot crabs? Dogs? Crabs? I, I, actually, I think it is more Coconuts. like hot dogs and fries and uh, burgers, which I didn't realise was beach-type food. Yeah, like a little beach barbecue. Is it? Okay. Why does he have four lives and not three as a standard in every it's, other? That's interesting, yeah. Game. Because the rule of three in video games is well established, isn't it? So why, even then it was, so why four lives? Good question. This really cramps his enemy style. Well, I imagine having a flying disc hurled at one (laughs) would definitely cramp one style. I also notice it says says flying disc and not frisbee. Yeah, what? Oh, yes, of course, yeah. Uh, your dog Fetch, good name for a That's dog. That's a brilliant name for a dog. Even tags along occasionally and helps by putting the bite on the bad guys. The bite. The yeah, it's <laughs> the nineties. Let it, let it right. go. Yeah. Okay. 
you can sometimes find him a bone that he'll keep that'll keep him busy for a while. So you want him to help you, but sometimes you can give him a bone so he doesn't help you. Yeah. That's ridiculous. The other thing is you don't find him for the first two levels, you just find him on the beat. He's not a consistent, it's very inconsistent. The music is true to island form. Reggae and Calypso and... What's that say? And will have you bopping in your seat. All in all, fresh music, great graphics and a whole new look and feel make this title a Mongo hit. Gnarly. So I was going to pick up on the look and feel being in inverted commas. Yeah, sort why? Of look and feel. Did but it? I got detracted yeah. by the Mongo hit gnarly. That, that's, that's Yeah, I don't know what Mongo... I've never heard Mongo. Is that... I think I remembered that word, but from about 20, well, 25 years ago. I think it just means big. Right. Okay. So a big hit. Like humongous. Ah, possibly. Is that where it comes from? That would make Mongo. sense. And gnarly. Yeah, I mean, I know gnarly. Again, it, it yeah, goes but back it, to it like... it dates it significantly, Yeah, it does, it? but they didn't know that at the time. That's no, why no. it's always very interesting to look back on these things. Because so they just, didn't know. So they so thought I'm just that was good. by another bit of the review over there. It says, Green Dog's Beach Babe Bambi. It's a nice alliteration. Yeah, that just made me feel a little bit sick. What? Bambi? Beach Babe. Beach Babe Bambi. Which bit? What? What is Bambi? Beach Babe. It's a helpless little uh, fawn, fawn, isn't it? Mm. A baby one. And Beach Babe. So the fact that the, the female character is Beach Babe, that's, yeah. that's her. I mean, that was, again, I, I'm sorry to keep saying it, but it's the 90s. Yeah. Not called Beach Babe. That, that's her but thing. Bambi's worse. Bambi is definitely worse. Yeah, the all that goes with it. She's also apparently the one that tells him that he has to go and find his treasures. So she's knowledgeable. Oh, I hasten to add, you don't know this if you haven't got the instruction booklet. And true to form, I of course I didn't get to read the instruction booklet <laughs> when I was playing it. But apparently he's cursed, and that's the reason that he's on his uh, big old journey. Makes through. perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. Did he have the instruction manual? He probably did. Actually, yeah. But why would we read it? Do you not read the instruction manual before starting a game? Not when I'm going around to my mate's house. Which say, stop playing, I just want to have a little read of this. Exactly, yeah. No, I suppose not. I don't think the was much for a reader either, Oh, to be honest. If go. I'm honest, I, I don't mean to be mean. He was a really nice person. I hope, I hope he's listening. Yeah, he, it really paints quite the uh, I, I have quite been the nice, haven't I? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly. His brothers, though, were uh, hard. That's, that's not... Sorry, I'm not supposed to say bad words, am I? No, and also just... Don't antagonise them. Calling them out. Don't antagonise the bullies. Yeah, quite. <laughs> okay, sorry. So what stands out to you in your f- memories of the game itself? Because we talked a lot about the history of the game as a thing, but what about the game play, the levels, the design? Yeah, I mean, I remember it being a very standard platformer honest with the exception of the frisbee i i can't remember the name of the game on the snes but there was a game on the snes that had a, a guy a little boy that would play football and he as part of the game oh. he would kick the football ahead and he needed the football to kill the bad guys yeah i remember that again i remember it because of seeing an advert for it in a sega comic when right. i was younger Oh, yeah, I can picture the game. Yeah, blonde hair. I can't remember what colour he had, yeah, but there was that game, and, and actually... Uh, and then there was another game, and there's a bit of a pattern emerging here in that kind of era of, of games. When games were, I think... Finding prim- their feet. Primar- no, no, not the finding their feet. Uh, I think the target audience was children, whereas now games, as we all know, games are much more... You've got a games much broader that aimed at older people, yeah. younger people, whatever. But growing up, I remember games just being a thing just for us as sort of yeah five mm. to... 12 year olds really anyway there was a game based on the TV series The Hurricanes based it was about a, a cartoon football team okay and there was a game of that and American think, football or no not in, uh, soccer mm. and I, I remember the game having the same mechanic you talked about there where they mm. kicked the ball at at the, at the enemies mm. and again I only know that because I wasn't into it at all but I remember no. um, 
a review of it in a Sega magazine. There's a, again a bit of a passive motion there too, isn't there? Yeah. Me That's just okay. digesting the content that Sega was forcing down my mouth through whatever means necessary. Yeah, it explains a lot. It does, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. The reason I brought up that game, I can't remember what it was called. If anybody knows, um, let us know. So the, the football mechanic was very similar to the flying disc. In mechanic. my head, yes, they they sort of a link because of those two um, weapons of choice. They're sort of sporty weapons of choice and. And they were a bit quirky as well. Like, if you think Mario set the trend of just stomping Stomp, on people. Yeah. And that was very much in. You know, a lot of it, a lot of games did that. Um, you also had... Uh, Mega Drive was very good for these as well. Uh, you know, the, like the beat-em-up, the side-scrolling beat-em-ups, Golden Axe and Streets, Streets of Rage, Rage yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, so you had that aspect, that, that way of dispatching your enemies. Come across something that was different to those two templates. Yes. Um, that used something out of the ordinary were, was quite refreshing. And was the flying even disc... as a five-year-old, I knew that it was quite interesting as a choice. So it sort of it was it stuck in your mind because of that. Un- yeah, unusual it aspect. did. And and again, just like Toe Jam and L, Toe Jam Two. Well, maybe Toe Jam and L. You can tell me. Is it nice and colourful and, oh. and well animated? Yes. There we go. So just like Toe Jam and L. Yep. And Toe Jam and L Two. Thank you. Uh, the animation and the the visuals stick in my head. It looks and feels very laid back and. The music. Now, I don't know if I mentioned it in the last podcast. I feel like I did. Um, but the music, actually, I think is one of the standout things. So we contrasted previously. We said that Toe General 2, the music was perhaps, while an aspect of its character was perhaps not as well realised as perhaps it could have been. Mm. Whereas this one, you feel it is. Mm. Okay. It's actually quite... It, it, the game is so laid back that it's actually a genuine shock that it was part of such a big drive to make this character a success because it feels very... Chilled. Chilled. That sounds good. And on that note, I think that I, I should probably subject you to it and I see what I was just going to say the same thing. Let's give it a go. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so we've played the game. We have. What did you think? It was alright. It was a game. I. It was a platform game. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. I can hear the disdain. <laughs> well, it was alright. I have no desire to go back to it particularly, nor do I have any desire to play it again. It passed the time. I was going to say what more could you ask for from a game, but of course you can ask for a lot more from a game. Yeah, and get you get a lot more. Yeah. It, um, was, it was just alright. I don't disagree with you at all. So you, in your mind, you remembered it being like this amazing... Well, not amazing. You, you remembered it being best than it was. Yeah, absolutely. But you've got to understand the context of that. That's why I went to lengths, maybe not great lengths, but lengths to establish it. It was one of the first games that I ever played, pretty much. Yeah, so that does kind of colour you somewhat because you don't have anything to compare it to, have you? No, and we didn't have anything to compare it to at home. We didn't have a games console at the time. Were you friends with Monsieur for a long time after you were five to, to play it? Well, I left, with years. I left Lincoln at eight years old. So, not really. Right. We didn't keep in touch. So there was a three-year window of golden opportunity to play it from five to yeah, eight. Yeah, but even that. even that golden opportunity, if you like, that window of time. I don't remember being as close friends later on. So it was a fairly short period of time that we played Mega Drive at the yeah. time. I don't know whether that's tied into the fact that I got a NES. Possibly. <laughs> around that time. I, I really hope it's not. I don't think it is. I think we just drifted apart. And that's right, because it's especially that age. There's other things going on. Yeah, time. and a month is a long time at five, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. 
It's a long time now. A month is a long time. That's At five uh, years old? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I probably also was a bit too scared of going to his house. For reasons we freezy discussed. Yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> It was, though. It To me, it, was, it wasn't It was the very first game, I don't think. I think the first game that I ever played was at my uncle's house. And that was on... That was a Mega Drive. It was Columns. Oh, wow. Um, what a game. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. But at the time, again. Yeah. The, the, the most simple game that obviously Columns took huge inspiration from was Tetris. And yes. that is probably the most simple game you can play. Yeah. And, and also and still one of the best games. Absolutely. One so, of the best iterations of uh, Tetris is, is around right now and being played absolutely. by hundreds of people thousands of people right now anyway yeah so yeah i'm being a bit dismissive however columns hasn't hung around no and neither has green dog no i think green dog was a bit of a chump having played that to be honest green dog the real man or green dog the character the green dog the character i'm not gonna throw shade <laughs> at green dog the man just the character he was very much an avatar wasn't he he was a means for you to play the game with there was nothing really for his character from that kind of review you read before i was expecting some sort of something with a definable character with that reviews the word mondo and gnarly and whatever but there wasn't really anything of I that. genuinely think that Rick Green and Applause Inc. and everybody else involved in the creation of that character from board game to video game with t-shirts in between. Yeah. I think they thought that they had some kind of magic lightning in a bottle kind of thing. I don't understand why though. No, neither do I. Rick Green, as I said, Rick Green only has one board game credit and only has one video game credit and they, you've seen them. That was they. Yeah, that is those. They, that is them. Some, Themsies. Some stellar language there. Yeah. It's better than Mongo whatever and Gnarly, I think. Oh yeah, Mon- I said Mondo. It was Mongo. It was Mongo. Mongo. Go summoner, they want it. A Mongo game. Mongo. So I really do think that they thought they had something, and I think that he thought he was tapping into the zeitgeist of the late eighties, early nineties. And actually, frankly, I think he probably did. I think he did do that. Ta- he tapped into it. Yeah, and he tapped into it possibly a little bit early. Ah, possibly. Maybe, maybe that was it. But I don't think it was. I think that it was that they put together a fairly generic platformer and thought that that was that was all right. That was okay. Do. Yeah, I was. I was quite pleased. I remembered the look of him from whatever reason that, and he. he did look like a, a taller, more gangly lemming with the big nose and the thing that we weren't, weren't sure of was a hat or his hair. Yeah, that that's, flopped around. I think that's an eternal mystery in the green dog community. Yeah. Hat or hair. In, in the green dog lore. I think it really is. It looks at some points like a straw hat. I would say straw hat. But then on the on the cover art, it is his hair. But would there have been much communication between the person who did the box art and the people who made the game? You would hope so. You'd hope but so. But I doubt it. Yeah, absolutely. I challenge you in a week to draw green dog. I don't think you'll be able to draw it accurately because there's nothing... A week from now? Yeah. Or learn to draw green dog in a week? No, that'd be a very strange challenge to do, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think, you know, you'd, you'd probably draw the big nose, the I'd be able to draw him, but I don't... I'm not a very good drawer anyway. Okay, drawing maybe that's that's fairly easy because the look of him is quite good. Mm. But my point is the character... He doesn't, he doesn't look terrible, but he's an empty vessel. Yeah, there's nothing to him. No, and the story... Which then makes uh, You Bambi. did something that I never did. What was that? Um, you watched the opening scenes. So that's like reading the instruction book, I guess. It is, and yeah. And I, I never did that. For for reasons beyond my control, but and I also never watched that opening credit. The opening thing. scene was, was interesting for the introduction of Bambi. Bambi, wasn't it? Among other things, yeah. I want to focus on Bambi. You want to focus on Bambi? The beach babe. Right, go for it. Why? Why is that notable? We we were gushing about how the intro looked really nice. There was some lovely sand. It was quite detailed, quite textured. Granular. That's a lovely word there. 
there was the the sea in the background. There were clouds. Yeah, it almost were, felt like it was moving. It really did. It was lovely. Mm. And then here comes Green Dog. This chump of a character is there with his just looking a bit near. And then it then pans across to show. He does Bambi. that weird. Nobody can see what I'm doing. But no. when he bends down, if you if you press down on the game, he does a, a strange pose. And I think he landed on the beach in this opening scene and did that weird pose that kind of reminds me of Elvis Presley. I was going to say Bruce Forsyth. Yeah, it's, it's very Bruce yeah. Forsyth actually. Yeah, for the Americans, they probably don't know that. What that no. means. But look up Bruce Forsyth and Generation. He game. did a very specific pose. That, he did, uh, and it's a bit like Green Dogs. He probably did the same pose in that intro just to save on some animation. They probably actually mocap Bruce yeah, Forsyth. For definitely yeah. mocap Bruce Forsyth for that. But he's so this, he he jumps he's this, in this chump of a character, and then then it pans across to Bambi, who stood there. This tall beach babe, as it's marketed, uh, wearing a bikini with the wind blowing her, her hair behind her. Just painted as this sort of goddess of a character who also knows that he's been cursed by this <sighs> thing. It, it was quite odd. It was quite odd. And you're painting her as though they did a good job of representing a female character. When in actual fact, even in pixels, they managed to be misogynist. Yeah, exactly. That's the point <laughs> I'm getting at. Is like, that... like, I've never seen... I've never played a Leisure Suit Larry game, but I don't Lies. know if I've ever seen quite as gratuitous a, a representation as yeah. that in a, in a 16-bit game. Yeah. I might be wrong. It made me uncomfortable. Yeah. And again, that's and possibly... quickly as well. How quickly did it turn? What, made it went from uncomfortable. just a nice beach... Yeah, to this... With some generic beach bum on there, to, to being quite an uncomfortable... And maybe we've been to looking back back at it and 2019 and what have you but it was I think tonally quite a shift that I didn't really like no I didn't like it I, I might have liked it when I was five but then probably not to give her a credit though as a character she was the wise the, the Yoda type character she was yeah she she's the one that gave him all of the background on what was going on and, with and the player and the player yeah, yeah. here's what here's what's she wasn't in the talking game. to us though was she no she indirectly him. yeah I'm not sorry about about Bambi yeah I mean I never thought of that but I'm not going to give him credit for that. For the depth of Bambi. Yeah, because I don't think there really was any depth. I don't know that she did. She appears again in the game. I doubt it. I this... I played through four levels and I would put money on the fact that she is not in the game again. Yeah, you played through four levels. You didn't get to the underwater level. No. the As you described to me, the reputation of the underwater level precedes it somewhat. It's a strange situation because if you see anybody talking about Green Dog, they will talk about the underwater level and they will generally cite it as one of the best levels but actually I think it's one of the most frustrating and annoying levels and why is that? because it has these pipes it's on the bottom of the sea and one you can breathe you don't run out of water uh, yeah that thought crossed my mind like which is nice because the underwater levels in Sonic are well, stressful stressful yeah and underwater levels in other games as well they're, they're never fun are they? not really not, not as fun as the normal level no. Mario I would say Linda was the weakest ones. Usually, yeah. I can't think of a game where they are the better. No, I can't. They just always feel like an afterthought. Yeah, they do. It's that platform, and again, we talk about platforms, it's that generic kind of, here's the lava level, here's the snow level, here's the underwater level. They all cycle through those. So in that sense, the underwater level in Green Dog is maybe an exception. Okay. And that's maybe why people like it, because what we actually got in the first four levels of this were two of them were based in like an Aztec tomb. One of which was very similar to Marble Zone from Sonic Yes, it was. And the music didn't do any favours. No. uh, Because it sounded somewhat sonic-y. Yes. So maybe that's what people like about it. Maybe the the water level on Green Dog is the standout because it's a little bit different. It's a different take on the underwater level. And it's more easygoing. 
except for the fact of these pipes. And I think they're sewage pipes. Every so often you'll come to one and if you don't jump past it in the right way, it will suck you up and it will deposit you further back in the level where you come from. Which is sounds very tedious. It does get very tedious if you can't do it. And so I, I had a go to level where you start off and there's a skateboard. So Green Dog was skateboarding through his Aztec temple, as you do. And it was all about trying to get your momentum right because you'd come to a, a pit of spikes. You have to try and jump over on the skateboard. And eventually I got the hang of how to do it. And then suddenly there was a spring in the in the floor that I went on and then it sent me back quite a bit. So then it, it then became a bit of a balancing act between trying to be slow enough to tackle the obstacles, but then also quick enough to get the momentum to go over the spikes and whatever. And I, I lost interest at that point. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Because it's that sort of thing that we talked about this last time. Um, that sort of game design, it was a frustrating experience for the player. And we just took it as set yeah. when we were playing those games at the time. Because that's what it was. That's what games were. And we've outgrown it. As games players. Yeah. Because I I had then, I did that. I got to that level and I thought, yeah, you know, I'm not. I, it was It's very disposable, isn't it, nowadays? Yeah. And I just got bored of that and now I'm over that. Mm. The, the first level on the beach with some random animals going berserk, to quote the, the game review, it was all right. Yeah. But again, it's nothing but special. Then, no. And I did die. The levels, from level to level, there was a, a fair, there is a fair amount of uh, variation. Yeah. They were all very different to each other, which was good. That's the strength of the game. Definitely. But it's not enough to offset but there's a, a level the on, on genericness of it there's a level on the gyrocopter yeah which is a little rinky dink and it has a little unicycle thing with a helicopter attachment that was going over the water that you could control I just got to grips with the controls and then the level ended yeah and I was about to die because I've run out of loads of health because loads of animals had attacked me <laughs> Uh, yeah it has a boxing glove on the front it did that was quite nice yeah very cartoony I think this game what it's trying to do is not bore you for too long yeah so it knows it knows its limits so it gives you this short little burst of pedal copter and then throws you back into a level on the beach which is more like the platforming that you've been doing before but at the same time it's as simple as platform gets like there isn't even really any reason to jump you are fighting against those frantic monsters yes it's very different to the levels that come previously and I did appreciate you just mentioned just then that the levels were quite short that yeah. was definitely its favour as well yeah because there's that variation you did this for two three minutes and then you're on to another thing yeah. but that was good it yeah. also allowed the music to change up on a regular basis as yeah well. we haven't talked about the music yet the music was lovely yeah we mentioned the music in the Aztec Zone Aztec Zone Aztec Zone yeah exactly in, in the Aztec Tomb Sounding a little bit sort of sonic-y. It wasn't the most egregious uh, offence, I don't think, in music terms. Because actually the pedal copter yeah, the, had a very familiar sound to it, I thought. Yeah, so I was playing the pedal copter level and I actually said, is it just me or does this sound like Under the Sea from Little Mermaid? I listened and it is extremely similar. Yeah, I don't know what change they've made, but it's very, very slight. <laughs> and this would have come out after the Little Mermaid. Yeah, concert, it was, yeah. 93, yeah. the Mermaid was 91? I think it was, yeah, 91, yeah. 90. I, Little Mermaid was the first film I went to see at the cinema. Well, there you go. I do not remember it. Mine was DuckTales the movie. Uh, I think we know who wins that one then. Me. <laughs> Yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's worth if you get a chance to do so. Have a look at the level on YouTube and see what you think of it. The instrumentation is very similar. The and once actually mentioned under the sea, it's even got the same rhythm and the same beats of the music, yeah. isn't it? To to match under the sea, it's astonishing that they managed to get past and get into the game. How hard were they on that sort of thing? I imagine yeah, Disney yeah. would have been pretty good at that. I suppose they would have, wouldn't they? But then were Disney paying attention to Green Dog to a, a game that's pretty? 
pretty under the radar. Yeah. That's a fair point as well. At the same time, we, we say it was under the radar, but as I pointed out at the beginning, for, for some reason, it was in contention for, and rightly lost out on it, but it was in contention to be the face of Mega Drive. And having played it, I am genuinely mystified as to as how... To why. Well, I, I'm still about. not mystified. I totally understand why, because it was it's that surfer. Yeah, but you need the chops to go with it. You've got to have the yeah. game, and that's why it lost. And oh, yeah, the lost thing came out later because it came out in '93. They weren't going to put the the work in and then not release it, were they? Well, it happens to other games. It's Rick Green, of oh. course. Yeah, Rick Green. <laughs> he wouldn't. Uh, and Applausing actually had they had some very big contracts they did a lot of the merchandising for Disney oh, so right. yeah they did Lion King they did the Little Mermaid and a lot of other so by merchandising you mean toys and so they uh, made toys as well as board games things like that and they've got the Little Mermaid link there I don't know if Applausing picked the board game up after Rick Green had done the design and released it right I think he printed something like 10,000 copies and they were distributed out to I, I'll tell you I'll tell you this because this is quite interesting this is how much he was pushing for this. He licensed well-known surfing brands that were local, I think, to California right? for the game. And he paid something like $100,000 to get these brands into the game. And the idea was that he then would send this game, this board game, out to all these surf shops around America and that would then bring in business to California. Wow. To all these surf shops in California. Where do you get the money from to do all this? That's a good question. I don't know because I don't know very much about Rick Green other than what is related. It's a green on the, on the internet earlier. Because that, that is all he's visible for, as far as I can tell. He might well have gone on to change his name and become some famous someone or other, but I don't know. I don't know. International Man of Mystery. As it is. Yeah, except for Green Dog. That's very yeah. visible. Yeah, very visible. Everyone can play Green Dog. Should they? No. No, I don't think they should either. If you want to play a platformer from the 60-bit era, there are far far better ones out there you can choose from. Yeah. Yeah, I would not re-recommend that. Are there any that try and do a similar thing to Green Dog, but better? Why would you want that, though? Oh, I fancy playing a platformer from the Mega Drive. Oh, I really want one. Well, sorry to harp on about it, but Tony Hawk's, arguably... Oh, blinking Tony Hawk's. (laughs) I censored censored myself there. (laughs) Yeah, you did well. I wouldn't have. No, they wouldn't. It it does the same shot. Yeah, terrible. It aims for the same sort of does it? Uh, the same sort of character, but moved on by 10 years or so. But you could change character. You weren't Tony Hawk's in that. <laughs> I don't mean that. <laughs> I mean, it, it aims for the same tone. So, like, it's aiming for the same people. It's, think talk, so. it's talking to the same people. Yeah. Different genre. Different console. It is a different genre. <laughs> yeah, but it's the same vibe. No. It is, but but executed better. And with less po-facedness. We think Green Dog was po-faced. I think it was a little bit. Not on purpose. I just think that they didn't know what they were doing in the early 90s. And they were very, very busy trying to charm children. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded worse than it was supposed to. But you know what I mean, don't you? No. (laughs) Clarify. (laughs) They they weren't talking to adults or people that thought they were adults, whereas Tony Hawk's was. Tony Hawk's was talking to teenagers. I think like I said. And teenagers that that wanted to be. Tony Hawk's was talking to teenagers. Yeah. You okay. know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Yeah, whereas... And you said it uh, before, anyway, uh, it, I think last, in I the last it, show. I said it earlier, didn't I, about the, the age of, of the gamers and Yeah, I can't remember whether that As was... It was earlier in this episode. Was it? About how the Tony Hawk's people playing that in the, what, 98? Yeah. Were, were children who had previously probably played Green Dog five years earlier. Yeah, no one played a, Green Dog. But had grown up. Okay, the handful of people that said... But they were the same, they were the same audience, just age. Yeah, age I, I, okay, I can concede with that point. And they thought that the way that they targeted people 
um, in the early 90s, game-wise, was totally different yes. to the way that they were targeting people in the early noughties. Yeah. And yet, I can see similarities in, in the people that they were targeting. They were just doing it. They were talking in the same sort of language, but in but with, a, with an age gap. Does that make sense? Mongo. Is that valid? Yeah, that's valid. Do you think? Mongo. Exactly. Gnarly. Is there anything else you want to talk about about the game? I no, think... we did We did say about, I mean, we, we've been a bit hard on the game. Yeah, I'll be honest, I think I'm over Green Dog now. I think I might be over Green Dog. I wish I'd never known about it. I wish I hadn't <laughs> spent the last hour or whatever. Really? Um, yeah, I've talked about it now more than... You didn't think that the story of Rick Green was interesting? That bit was alright. And the lengths that he went to? Realistically, we've probably talked about Green Dog more during this podcast than anyone has done for, I would say, arguably the last 20 years. Even Rick Green? Possibly the exception of Rick Green himself. Do you think he thinks of it fondly, or...? I wouldn't want to say either way. Well, I... He wants to put words in his mouth. I am going to say, I hope... Okay, Rick Green, this is Ashley who's saying this, not Chris. (laughs) I hope that he thinks of it fondly. I hope that he looks back on it and goes, I gave that a damn good try, because he clearly did. Yes. Like, this is... I mean, I wasn't really alive in the 80s. I was born in 1988, so I don't really know what it was like then, but I know everyone was like, were they swimming in money? Like Scrooge McDuck? In my head, And snorting, snorting all the good stuff up All the lines. Nose. Yeah, all the lines. That's definitely what my parents were doing. They were... <laughs> swimming in money and snorting lines. They up. were filling swimming pools up yeah. with, with dollar, dollar bills. With coins. Oh, coins. Yep. Was that, big, was that big, the British no, Yeah, shillings. And they were lining up the lines on the side of the pool. <laughs> and that was full life. Of, that was the full 80s. Full of money. And Rick Green looked at that and he went, I want me some of that. Oh, can't sell blame him. So he made a board game, which is the obvious Which thing is the, the, the short fire way to And the money. board game was based on Surfer Life. Yeah, which was big at the and time. And Monopoly. I'm, I'm led to believe. And Monopoly, which is very, you know, 80s. I think. What's the, you think it's all like Wall Street sort of thing. Money. Like money. And, money. Yeah. It's get all the money, get all the property. Yeah. Stuff everybody up. So that's the 80s. I do like that, though. Yeah, I'm starting to go off it. But that's another conversation altogether. Yeah. So Rick Green looked around at the 80s. He went, I need some money. Just like them fellas. And so he made his board game and then somehow managed to grift his way into the offices of applausing. <laughs> grift. When I say grift, I mean it in the nicest way. <laughs> He drifted his way into these offices. They had already had a major success with the California Raisins. Of course, that. So they were riding high. Legendary. And they looked story. at it and they went, right, this is the next, this is the next big thing. So he clearly did something right. He should applaud himself for that. This, this game was made or developed and, and released in 1993, which means that for five years of his life, he was riding high on the success of Green Dog. Who wouldn't? Who was based on him. So. I think he should be proud. I think that Legend. he... Honestly, genuinely, I think that he should be proud. He, he pushed himself. He pushed, tried. Pushed to the limit. I don't know about the limit. I don't know what the limit is. <laughs> he does. No, clearly not Rick Green. <laughs> but uh, do you know you know what I mean? I do. I think if Rick is a vision. This, genuinely, I might have said some horrible things in the past, but ignore those things. Uh, yeah, don't sue us. Yeah. Or sue him, not me. Yeah, don't sue anybody for anything. <laughs> it's all in good Jest. fun. And I genuinely mean everything that I said in the last two or three minutes or whatever. I think that... Regardless of the outcome, you did a good job. You tried, and that's what matters. And on that note, I think we should wrap up Green Dog, don't you, Ashley? Yeah, wrap it up. Yeah, wrap it up. Good. Wrap it up in chains, uh, <laughs> pop a few bricks on it, and drop it in the river. That's what I think we should do. That is a wrap.
This Gameware is a Specky 2 Guys production. Music for the episode is provided under Creative Commons license by Stevia Sphere from the album Cell Division, which can be found at steviasphere.bandcamp.com.